Hello, welcome to Remember When. I'm your host, Carl Schulteis. UMGA-TV and the Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who live the history of the township to tell us about that history. This edition features Harry Levering and his sister, Emma Carson. Harry and Emma share with us their experience of growing up on a farm at Upper Marion. They recall the sights of the so-called Sweden Sun and Emma's fond memory of a 1929 Ford tractor. Let's sit back and listen to Harry and Emma remember when. Harry, Emma, thanks for coming on our show today. We want to just talk about some of the things that uh, you remember about uh, Upper Marion, King of Prussia, in the, in the area. Uh, I understand that you were born and raised here, right here in, in, the, in the township. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Tell us first, Emma, where, where were you born? Uh, well, on South Golf Road, across from the senior center now, uh, I watched them build the school there that's the office building mm -hmm. when I was a little girl. Watched the bricklayers put the bricks mm -hmm. up and lived there until I guess I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to the house that's next to this gorgeous Malvern daycare center. And that's where I grew up mm -hmm. until I was married. I lived right. there and my father built that little house. Harry, with the, I understand you were born here in the area at yeah. Montgomery Hospital. No, I was born at Montgomery Hospital, but then I, when I came back to the township, mm -hmm. uh, I lived in a little spring house down off of Crooked Lane. It was the spring house from the Hughes' farm on the corner of Crooked and South Gulf, which then we called Route 23 or Montgomery Avenue or mm -hmm. Gulf Road. And uh, then we moved up to this little house across from the present uh, office building, which was formerly the Upper Marine High School. I lived there until I got married and moved away. Let's go back and talk a little bit about the early years. Tell me about your parents. Well, my dad was born in uh, Black Horse, which is in Plymouth Township, east of Norristown, a little section called Black Horse, and that's where he was born. Then my granddad moved over here to uh, Upper Murray, and he lived uh, down on uh, Shoemaker Road. Okay, what year are we talking about here? Oh my. 1900. My, I was born in 23, so I guess uh, they, I guess Dad moved down there. He was two years old. Two years old when they moved when they there. So I moved here from Black Horse. Mm -hmm. yeah. What did the, What did your dad do? Well, my dad did many things. He worked on the farm as a boy. It was a small farm, a truck farm, and the, and then he uh, went to work for the uh, P and W. We called it Philadelphia Western, which is now the Septa. high speed line. Yeah, we used Septa. to call it the Pig and Whistle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then uh, during Depression, he got laid off, and he went to work for a woman called Mary, named Mary McFarland Cutler in Gulf Mills as a caretaker, chauffeur, uh, handyman. Mm -hmm. He worked there until World War II broke out, and then he went to work at an auto car company in Ardmore. Wait, how about your mom? Uh, she was from upstate Pennsylvania. She was born in a log cabin at the foot of the Jonestown Mountain. <laughs> and uh, she lived in Bendertown until she was about five. Her mother died when she was born, and her father remarried when she was about five years old, and they moved to Kingston, Pennsylvania, which is across the river from Wilkes-Barre. And then when she was got through high school, she came down here to Montgomery Hospital as a nurse, came down to, in training and became a nurse. And our aunt, my father's sister, was a nurse at the hospital at the same time. She brought my mother over here to visit with her family, and that's how she met my father. All right. And that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you remember what year they were married? Do you have any idea? 1922, I believe. 1922. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the uh, those early years uh, when you when you were uh, before you attended school, uh, what do you remember in terms of what the, what it was like in the in the area? It was very rural. Uh, we had, like I said, we had no police force. We had a constable. Uh, they had just started the uh, Swedland Fire Company. Um, we had there was no place to shop. There were a few little places where you could pick up a loaf of bread, but you had to go to Norristown to do all your shopping. And that was like a big event on Friday night, 
get over to Norristown. How'd you get there? Uh, Pop had a what? Model A Ford. Model A Ford. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a family event to go over to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Everybody you went early so you could park on Main Street and watch all the people. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, we had we, in this little house where we were born. It's still there, but I don't think anybody's living in it. What was it like? Tell uh, me about the house. Well, we didn't have running water. We had a cistern, and we had to get our drinking water down on Shoemaker Lane. Do you know where the um, entrance off of Shoemaker Lane into the Gulf Village Apartments? Mm -hmm. Well, right where that entrance is, there used to be a big bubbling spring, and it was, what, about... Ten foot square, maybe. Oh yeah, ten a ten foot square, maybe. The water in it was eighteen inches deep, just as clear as a crystal. You'd see the water bubbling up out of it, and we used to go there to get our drinking water, mm -hmm. and then the water from the cistern was used for bathing and washing clothes and things like that. And that was an event because then we went when we went to get water, we were allowed to go below the spring and splash around in the creek. Okay. You carried it back in buckets, or what did you carry? Milk churns, Milk I think. Milk cans. Milk cans. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, my granddad had the farm right next to where my dad built this little house on a quarter acre. Our cousin still lives there. And our the cousin still house. lives there in the Levering. And, and the farmhouse. Uh, we didn't have water. They had a cistern for, caught the water off the roof, but we had to go down to the spring with, we had a hand pump that would pump the water out of the spring into the milk churns to bring it up to feed the stock, feed the cow and the horse. And granddad had as many as a hundred pigs at one time and maybe four or five hundred chickens on the property that had to be fed and watered. With a full-time job just watering everybody, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. about. You know, I, so that was going back and forth. My grandpop, he uh, used to send my uncle down to pick me up because I guess I was his favorite because he always wanted me there. So I spent a lot of time at my granddad's yeah. place. What did you use for illumination? Well, kerosene lights mm -hmm. before the electricity came. I remember when they brought electricity up the, up the road, Grandpa had to pay a pole charge for each pole they planted to bring the electricity to the place. Mm -hmm. And I remember the man running the wires, drilling the holes up and down inside the walls. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was wonderful. What year was that, do you recall? Oh, that was about 19, uh, I started school in 28, maybe 25, 26, 27, something like yeah. that, 29, I'm not sure. Somewhere in that, that area. Yeah, because huh? yeah. yeah, I was born in 27 and I don't remember not having electric lights. Yeah. Golf Road was then stone, and then shortly thereafter they, they did blacktop. I think when they it. built the school, they probably blacktopped it. Because mm -hmm. I remember when it was stone as far as uh, what was Bill O'Hara's house, where the Gulf Village Apartments There's a big stone pillar there. There used to be two of them. Right. And that's how far the, the stone went, and then it was a dirt road to King of Prussia. It was also the place where the post office changed. From that point on, it was Wayne, and from there on back, we were Bridgeport RD1. Well, was Bridgeport uh, much of a uh, of a town at that time when you're talking about? Not very big. They had two small stores. I think there was an A and P and an an American store. American store was there in Bridgeport. On the corner, uh, there's a bank on the one corner, and the other corner is that it's a highways takeover. Uh, when you where was this? Uh, what intersection are we talking about? Fourth and DeKalb. Fourth and DeKalb. Huh? Yeah. yeah, the bank is still there. Yeah. Right. On one side now, and then the other side there's a bank, and that's right. where the American store was. Mm -hmm. Where was the American so, store? As the forerunner of the Acme markets, mm -hmm. they were established in in West Philadelphia. What was the layout in the store? Oh. Well, there were counters and shelves, and you had a list, and they got everything for you and brought it up to you. What did they mm -hmm. What did they use to get the stuff off the top and shelf? Those uh, things with the grippers, you know, mm -hmm. they. <laughs> Grab one of the right. things, yeah. yeah, yeah. And how did they how did they calculate your bill? Uh, on a pencil and paper. Right. If right they up. were if they were very prosperous, they might have had a natting machine. Mm -hmm. But they do that right on the bag that mm -hmm. you were that, yes. you, that you carried the stuff mm -hmm. home in, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the veggies and things were put in bags, mm -hmm. 
and weighed. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you get your meat products there at the same place? No, I think most of the time we got at Walker's got, or in Norristown. Walker's and then also uh, there was a meat man come around in, it, in a Model T Ford truck from uh, Norristown. And he carried meat. And like if you wanted a roast, you'd order it a week ahead. But he had meats on that you could buy right away. And uh, he also had bread on the truck if you wanted it. Mm -hmm. That was Herman Linsenberg, yeah, wasn't Herman, it? that was Herman from Herman. Herman Linsenberg, and he always yeah. had a necklace or something for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good business to treat the children nice right. and you know, make them happy. The, right. the grandparents and the parents were Winter happy. Granddad used to sell chickens to them. Yeah. He used to take chickens over to Norristown. Uh -huh. for the, the farmer's market. And they, they were kosher, and there had to be a rabbi there, too slaughter the chickens as you brought them in. And I remember that just as plain as the day, the rabbi with his silver knife in his mouth. and <laughs> I didn't go on those Dispatch the chicken. <laughs> How'd you entertain oh, yourself around the house? Sit out in the bank on Sunday and count how many cars going by. Yeah. <laughs> See if you knew what make it was. Yeah. How many yeah. cars would go by on a Sunday? Oh, maybe, maybe during dogwood season, maybe 100 or 200 or something like that. Uh -huh. Because a lot of people wanted to go to Valley Forge to see the dogwoods. Right. And then I got enterprising and I, we had uh, lilacs on the place. So I'd cut lilacs and sell lilacs for 25 cents a bunch. So I made myself two and three dollars on a Sunday selling lilacs. And that was a pretty good uh, income for <laughs> Yeah, that was, that, I was rich. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Well, I started school early because my cousin, Marion, who lived in Gulf Mills, had previously lived in Philadelphia, and she went to kindergarten. And I was born in, she was born in June, in February of 23, I was born in June. Well, in Philly they had kindergarten, and she went to kindergarten, and Grandpa, he called her the smart girl. <laughs> so when school opened up, she was starting first grade, nothing would happen, but I'd have to start too. So there I am, all of five years old, <laughs> and they had big old blue Mac, uh, Mac buses, with yeah. a step maybe this high. Well, they had to help me get up the first step to get on the bus to go to first grade. <laughs> but I, I just, I was too young to send. Mm -hmm. And I got the, got the measles or chicken pox and I missed a lot of school. So they didn't pass me the first grade. I was held back. Mm -hmm. So I put two years in at uh, Burdenhand School, which is now a, a home where District Attorney Smiley lived for years. Where on, is On it? Sweetland Road. On Sweetland Road. On, mm -hmm. uh, you've got, from the Gulf Holstein the, now. Holstein now. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. Well, tell me a little about the schoolhouse. What was that like? The schoolhouse was a two story, two room school. Uh, first and second, third, think on the first floor, fourth, fifth, sixth on the second. And if you wanted to go to seventh grade, they send you up to Stuart Fun Hall, King yeah. of Prussia. And if you, you wanted to go to high school, you go to Norristown or, or Lower Marion. Or Wayne, wherever was the most convenient for you to go to school. Up until they didn't have a high school here in Upper No, Maine not until nineteen thirty four was the first graduating class. I think was thirty three or thirty yeah, four. Thirty four. Yeah. I know. I think it was thirty six. They opened up in thirty three, and they didn't have any graduating classes the first two I, years. I started. I put yeah. the first two years in uh, first grade down there, and I started second grade in Upper Marion High School on Golf and Henderson. And uh, that's where I went through my school cool. years. They had the, they, uh, you started first and second grade at the Burden Hand. Burden Hand, yes. And then third grade you went to, to what? About two years in first grade. Yeah, yeah. And second grade on. Right. At the combination high school and elementary school. school. They had all 12 years in it. Yes, they had all 12 years in the original school. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about your school? I started at this school over here first through 12. When the uh, burden hand also? No. 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 Which, which school are we referring to? The one that's the office building now. Okay. The, that's uh, the, the, the old high school. The old high school. Mm -hmm. was, well, it was the school. Mm -hmm. There was two other schools, one in Sweetland and one in Port Kennedy. And Sweetland went to sixth grade and Port Kennedy went to fourth grade. And then we had the Gulf Road School. Well, they call it the Henderson Road School now, but it was the Gulf Road School before they made this the Gulf Road School. But anyway, I started in first grade there and went all the way through. Okay. Do you remember your teacher's names? Miss Evans was our first grade teacher. Uh, she was Mrs. Groff later. 
Miss Boyle was second grade, Miss Smith the third grade, Miss Leopold fourth grade. We had some, a lot of people will remember George Santora. He was our seventh grade teacher, I think. And Paul Zook, Herb Hensinger, uh, Bob Strine is still living. He taught biology and history. Norm Robb, I don't know if he's still living or not. If he is, he's over 100. <laughs> but I know Bob Strine's still living up in Meadowood. I was in school during the war, and a lot of kids, as soon as they turned 16, quit and went to work. So by the time I graduated, there was 33 of us, and five of them were in the Army. So we were down to very few. What In elementary school, how many kids were in your, in your classrooms? I would think about 30. 30. At the, at the bird in hand, I would say there was maybe 25, something like that. Because they were all children from the Gulf Mills Rebel Hill area. Mm -hmm. right. Now, they did have a school at, uh, on Matson Ford, Ford Road. Road yeah, that was the Gulf Mills School. That was called the and Gulf you went School, to the, and I yeah. went to the bird in hand. But the kids from Rebel Hill area went to that school. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we come up here and they kept Port Kennedy open for a while in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, they were for quite a while. For elementary. Mm -hmm. uh, at the Burden Hand School, you had, you said the first three grades on one floor and the second three, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Uh, I mean, uh, four, uh, four, uh, six. fourth, fifth, and sixth on, on the second floor. Did you have one teacher or were there different teachers? for Different it? teachers. I think there was two teachers. I think there was uh, three teachers there. Three teachers? Yeah. Now, yeah. I had Miss Eichler for my first grade two years. Mm -hmm. Then when I come up here, I had a Miss Smith. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I can remember. I don't know who was uh, yeah. third grade. Fifth grade was Mr. Bracken. Oh, yeah. And then mm -hmm. I can't yeah. remember them all. Can you remember some of the, the, the courses that they taught uh, that they, in the class? Uh, well, when you started, you'd, you yeah, did box letters to learn to write, and then you didn't get cursive writing till you were in third grade. The three R's. Basically. It was until you, until you got into to junior high. That, then that was, that was a big deal. Once you got to seventh grade, you started changing classes. You'd go to one class for English, another one for mathematics, another one for something else, and you had gym, which you didn't have before. Yeah. And that, that was a big, big, big to do when you graduated to seventh grade, grade and you went through those swinging doors in the hallway from yeah. the elementary section to the high school, high school <laughs> section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look through the doors. Then, then you got a locker to put your things yeah. in and a lock to lock it. And at elementary, you had a closet you hung your coats in. And what time did school let out over the hours? I guess it was, what, 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock. Yeah. 2.30, 3 o'clock, something like you'd that. You'd go home from school and what would you do? <sighs> Well, we had to help out with weeding things in the garden because grandfather had a garden and we lived next. Um, we didn't have any television. And we, I think 5 o'clock we used to watch Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. Listen to him. Watch him, listen to him. And Orphan Annie was on too. And, uh, well, I remember. well, he had a... a there was a, a boy across the street and a cousin that lived. There were three boys, and they could get together. But there were no girls, so uh, I don't. I guess I played with dolls, although I wasn't crazy about. I still have my dolls. I, <laughs> I never played with them very much. Well, we didn't wear them out. No, I had my regular chores that I had to do. When I got, yeah, you know, if I didn't come right home from school, I heard about it because mm. there was something waiting to be done. I had to pick up the apples and feed with the pigs or yeah. feed the chickens. It always had a job for me. A couple of pots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Grandpa, had, had, he was what they call a truck farmer. He raised tomatoes and vegetables, corn, and took it to the market in Norristown on DeKalb Street mm -hmm. to sell them. So my job was go around and look for tomato worms. The hornworms <laughs> get on tomatoes mm -hmm. and uh, get rid of the tomato worms. That was one job after school, mm -hmm. make sure that those worms didn't eat the tomato plants up. Right. Yeah. And then when we planted them, my job was to water them until they were big enough to take over for themselves and hope it rains. Yeah, I guess you prayed for rain on that. Yeah. 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 
And they had yeah. a strawberry patch. I had to pick strawberries, yeah. blackberries, raspberries, mm -hmm. currants, yeah. gooseberries. Gooseberries. Uh, asparagus. Remember yeah. we had asparagus? Yeah. You say it was a small truck farm. What, how big an area are we talking about? Seven acres. Grandpa. Did, yeah. He had, had a team on the road subcontracting into the state highway with a scraper on it. Mm -hmm. And they'd take the horses out with the scraper and scrape the ditches and the gutters on contract. And he had a wagon. They put stone on it, the quarry over here in Yerkes Road. And you go along, you pull a lever, and the bottom would dump out. And then the laborers would shovel the stones out and level them off in the road in the low spots. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, it was a team of two horses he had? Two horses, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. they would use that for plowing? And the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you ever help with the plowing? Just, well, when it came to plow, it went out on a highway, just on the driveway, in and out, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I was one pay bug grandpa to it out, and he bought an old 19, <laughs> 1922 Fordson tractor. And that was a big deal. You had mm. to crank it to get it started, but that was different. That was better than the horses. <laughs> so he sold one horse, and we only had one horse for years. Uh -huh. Well, that yeah. tractor was something. Oh. <laughs> I learned to drive that. Okay. What was it like? Well, you vibrated. You felt like you were two foot off the ground when you got off of it because it <laughs> had iron, iron wheels with cleats. There were cleats. Yeah. There were no tires. There were no cleats. Tires no rubber tires. It was all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that did sort of bump along if you were on a hard surface. Mm, yeah. There's yeah. a farm equipment place out on Route 30, and we went out there one of the adult education programs to view these different old. Boy, there was one there. It was a ringer for the one we had. And I felt like <laughs> got all nostalgic over a tractor. <laughs> was it red? No, it was silver. Yeah. Silver. Yeah. Okay. We painted it was silver. A, was originally gray. Wasn't it, it was a Fordson? Wasn't it? It was a Fordson. It was a Fordson. Original yeah. color was gray with red wheels, and we painted it silver. <laughs> okay. And then they yeah. would hook up a, a belt to it yeah. and cut wood. Cut wood. And, uh, grind corn. Grind corn. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty versatile uh, uh, tool, wasn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, could do a lot of things with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So used to shell the corn for the animals. Grow mm -hmm. it too. Uh, used to make the the stack the corn and what shocks. Yeah. Then we kids would dig in there and make little houses out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, they would would shuck it and. Mm -hmm. Put it in the corn crib, then they'd take it and put it in the corn sheller. The well, chickens. The, the corn crib. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you don't see those many anymore. No. At least not. No, I haven't seen any around here yeah. in ages. They they would leave the uh, corn in the husk and then put it in there. Or they would they no, the husk it, they'd husk it. Husk it. Yeah. They'd air dry in the crib. Right. right. That's it, the idea. The crib yeah. be open. Mm -hmm. Leave there the air was, circulate. Yeah. There was yeah. one down here not long ago. What I can't. You know where they're building the new houses. Be, be, between here and Crooked Lane, there's building yeah. three. Okay. There used to be a corn crib right in there, and, and not too many years ago, it was still a Hughes's. It was a green, painted green. Now, whether since there's houses in there, maybe they've demolished it, I don't know. That's the last one I remember. Yeah. You had the, you, you mentioned they had chickens also? Yeah, yeah. Raised chickens. Yeah. You'd I, buy them as peeps. Yeah. Day old, they'd come in the mail, come to the post office in Bridgeport. You had to go pick them up in cardboard boxes. And then you had a, a brooder. You had to keep, before electricity, they had a coal-fired oh. brooder. You had to keep that going to stay up all night, keeping it warm, keep the chickens warm. Mm -hmm. And then after electricity came out, you, you had the electric brooder that had the light for the birds to run under, the mm -hmm. red light underneath, and had to watch them. and. Till they got so big, then you would turn them. With the, uh, you'd feed them what the corn that you'd been. Uh... Not as peeps, we'd buy that, mm -hmm. and then you'd buy mash for laying hens to help mm -hmm. them lay. But the corn would be a supplement. Mm -hmm. Grind the corn. Also, we would also give some ground corn to the to the horses and or the horn your corn and the pigs. How many, how many peeps were you talking about when there? Oh, he'd buy uh, 500, 600 at a time. Oh, he <laughs> had a big chicken farm then, didn't he? Yeah, well, at that time, it was a good size. And he yeah. had to sign out and sold eggs at the place. Mm -hmm. And they sold the chickens, and too. They sold chickens, you know, yeah. Fryers and roasters. Back then, you had, 
ate chicken according to the season. Today you get whatever you want anytime, right. but back then. Yeah, in terms of fryers and roasters? Yeah, yeah, you got the fryers early and the roasters were the, the end of the season. Older chickens. The older chickens, huh? Yeah. Then you had some turkeys. And then you got the stewing chickens, and they were really old. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Turkeys would go up in the woods and steal their nest. Yeah. Then the job was to try and chase it, find where the turkey had the nest, and oh. bring the eggs back and put the turkey in the building so it'll sit on the nest. But they loved to go in the woods and hide with, hide their nest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and then there was weasels. Yeah. Remember the weasels? We used to, uh, what about the weasels? Well, mm -hmm. they would rob the chicken house yeah. and get in and steal the eggs. Okay. And we had a, a pipe, a drain under the driveway. And I remember the weasel used to run down there and then we'd get the hose out and try to flush him out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that. Yeah. One, one thing I do remember about the farm is when water came down, Gulf Road, uh, Grandpa got water up to the house, so decided he wanted to take water out to the barn. I'm, well, I told you this before or not, but this big ground shook like an earthquake. We were digging this ditch, and all of a sudden, all this paper starts falling from the sky, and here the, the fireworks company in Devon blew up. Oh, yeah. oh. They had a fireworks company over there that, that uh, so it all killed a lot yeah. of people. So mm -hmm. They never never found remains of a lot of them. And to this day, there's not anything that grounds lays barren. Nobody's ever built anything on it. But the, and what was coming out of the paper? The paper from the fireworks they were making, yeah. the firecrackers. That was well, a big explosion. Oh, it was. It shook. It just broke up and down the main line uh, from Devon. It just blasted the windows right out of homes. Shook them right out. Graduated in 1941. Okay. And... Uh, did you take part in any uh, activities in, in school, the science no, classroom? No, I, I, I wasn't athletic-minded. I went out for football and sprained my ankle the first day, and <laughs> that was the end of the football. Mm -hmm. Grandpa said, you'd be better off going back and take care of the farm. So. <laughs> he I knew what back. he was doing. Hey, didn't want to lose that good <laughs> hand. <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 How about you, Evan? I finished school over here, 45, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I played field hockey and basketball, and I got hit between the eyes with a hockey puck, and it broke my nose. Oh, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> my senior year. <laughs> oh, I went home, and the nose is like over here. My mother took a hold of it, and she bent it back in shape and put a big plaster on it, adhesive tape. That must have hurt. <laughs> it did hurt. And yeah. then I then then you know you had to go to Norristown to the doctor. Right. I mean, well. There was, when I was little, we had a doctor who used to come out from Conshohocken, but when I was in high school, you had to go to Norristown. Who was the doctor who came out from Conshohocken? Uh, Hargraves was his name, Dr. Hargraves. Hargraves. He was he, on Fayette Street. He did general, general practice? Yeah. Made mm -hmm. house calls? Yeah. Okay. What did he drive? Do you remember what he drove? Really, I, it was a little coupe of yeah, some sort. It was green. I think it was a little Chevy. Yeah. might have been a little Chevy. Uh -huh. Yeah. Then there was a Dr. Miller and Wayne would come over yes. to see yeah. if you were sick. Yeah. And they, they they had their regular pharmacy right there in the office, you know, they'd right. get the pills out and or they'd grind things up with a pedestal and powders and all kinds of all those different yeah, things. things. Drugstore was no drugstore in Upper Marion then at all. I think Bridgeport. Wasn't there a drugstore in Bridgeport? I don't remember. I think Ides on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah, the big bridge over the right. railroad was I don't think there's any buildings there now, but there are a couple buildings. They were like houses, but the top level of them became the primary mm -hmm. part of the house. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the, one of the drugstores, Ides Drugstore, was there. Yeah, it was a whole different world then. This yeah. was really country. Yeah. When I first started dating my husband back in the 40s, he's a, he was from Bryn Mawr. People would ask my mother-in-law, where does... Dave's girlfriend, like, oh, up country. <laughs> From Bryn Mawr to King of Prussia was country. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about that. Linda, how did you meet your husband? Uh, through a friend. And you remember, Gulf Mills used to have a dam. There's, it's in, under discussion now. They call it the Sumner Dam. We always called it the Bow, Bow Morale. 
Balmoral, okay. And it was the source of water for the Glacine Paper Company down on Valley Go Road. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, his, he had a friend that knew the Costellos who lived on the Deckert estate and had come up here to go swimming. And, and I had friends in golf mills and that's how I met him. I see. So yeah. um, where'd you go on your dates? The movies. Mm -hmm. Where was that? Well, Anthony Wayne, Norris, Ardmore, Bryn Mawr, City Line Avenue. <laughs> oh, oh, you really traveled down, oh, all, yeah. Yeah, down the City yeah. Line. Tell me a little bit about what you remember about during World War II. What was that? Uh... Well, I remember we had blackouts and we had uh, Camel's store was over here where the Exxon gas station is now. Mm -hmm. That was a home that was converted into a store and there was a gas station there and people by the name of Camel owned and operated that mm -hmm. and he was the air raid warden and when the when the fire company blew the whistle while well, you had to put all your lights out right. <laughs> and mr camel would walk down the road yeah. check and make yeah. sure everybody yeah. had their, their lights, lights out. out i was his assistant and, yeah. oh, oh were you yeah. Yeah. yeah remember yeah. yeah so what did you do as an assistant what did i do just walking down the road see if anybody had lights on but the fallacy was you'd be out there and all of a sudden they'd Dump a load of slag over his yeah, and the sky would light up. Oh, yeah. yeah the, whole, the whole area get red. What was the name of the steel company over there? Allenwood Steel. Yeah, Allenwood Steel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the Coke company was yeah, there. Yeah, Radiowood Coke was on this side. Yeah. That's where they dumped the slag from the Coke company, wasn't it? No, the slag came from the steel mill. Oh, yeah. 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 But I remember the. The Coke company coal. made the Coke to heat yeah. the steel. Yeah. Make the steel. Yeah. Right out here, back at Views' Park, they used to call them the tar pits. They were old quarry holes. They pumped the off all the tar from the making the the coke out of these pits. Then every once in a while they catch on fire and you'd see a great big black plume of smoke. Well you knew the tar pits were on fire. fire. Well I think they intentionally set them on yeah. fire to get rid of the tar. But they're right right back at Hughes's Park. If you I guess it's all developed now. Mm -hmm. But you get down through there the you call, call them the tar pits. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of quarries here in the area. Oh yes, this mm -hmm. is primarily uh, limestone and uh, marble, marble quarries. Yeah, yeah. mostly one, limestone right here. One one reason that the spring went dry, right down here in Henderson Road, a company called Thompson Wine and White Pigment Company discovered there was white marble, white stone deep under these mar surface quarries. So they started an underground mine, and when they had to have pumps to keep the water out, it sucked the spring dry, mm -hmm. and all the quarries that had water in went dry. Well, the the creek going from there was just white, just mm -hmm. as white, just full of powder. Mm -hmm. They washed the stone, you know, mm -hmm. with the creek water and put it right back in the creek, and it was white clear down to the Schuylkill River. Mm -hmm. yeah. The day they would prosecute you for oh yeah, putting in the water, but uh, you couldn't burn off the tar pit either. <laughs> no. You can't burn anything. <laughs> Prohibition. Uh, there was a still discovered here just below this cemetery on Henderson Road and what old, old barn there that somebody decided was a good place to make hooch. So they covered the whole outside of the barn with black tar paper and they had the still inside the barn while they were cooking the, the meal to make the, make the whiskey in the high school. The second floor was the biology room, and Mr. Strine was the teacher. And all these aroma came whiffing up into the school, and they <laughs> figured somebody's cooking something down there. So they called the authorities, they raided it, and here it was a big still. Oh, okay. And uh, either, either they set it on, either the feds set it on fire so they couldn't have it again, or the people that had the still set it on fire. Mm. But there was a big fire, and a small explosion and a tank blew apart and they rolled the old tank over into the quarry. I guess it's probably in there now because it was covered over. Bill Harris finally used the quarry for a uh, landfill. landfill. Uh -huh. Yeah, he did the, all the quarries. All the quarries yeah. around here he lit filled up that were former marble quarries mm -hmm. and stone quarries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they undermined all around here. That's probably the source of some of our sinkholes. Yeah, well, of course, with the limestone. That's a, they didn't that's, undermine where the Gulf Village apartments are, though. Because Dr. Barker had surveyors come to make sure they weren't undermining his property. Oh. But the uh, Kingswood apartments and all this region are all undermined. 
the uh, with, with the underground mining of the of the limestone. Yeah, of the, of the stone, yeah. For they didn't surface for, mine it. They for white no. pigment. Yeah. They, the, the white stone they wanted was deep. Mm -hmm. Had to go down. They uh, shipped it. There used to be the tracks. I guess you can't notice them anymore, but there were tracks down here on Henderson Road, just where the new intersection is. Right. The railroad tracks. That's, I can recall that. Yeah. And they used to ship the stone from that quarry to Georgia, where it was refined and made face powder out of it. Made face powder. Oh. They used the white powder for paint. It's called it white pigment. Very, yeah. Top very highly white refined. Pigment. Getting back to your uh, wartime service, you said you were in the air, in the aircraft yeah. and were overseas at that time. Yeah. Were yeah. you drafted? Yeah, I was drafted. And I was... Uh, February of 43. Can you tell us a little bit about the draft? Well, <laughs> it was like a big blur almost. Things happened so fast that I was drafted. We had to meet in Norristown. And uh, there was myself, Eddie Dibbets, Louis Roberto, Joe Ostrowski. Uh, that's about all I knew that I went to school with. And, mm -hmm. and now Sammy Tassoni, he was on the, on, yeah. the, on the train with us. Yeah, you had to sign up for the, for the draft, right? Yeah, oh yeah, as soon as you get out of high school. In 1941, they declared the draft when the war broke out. Right. So the, where did you sign up? Norristown. You had yeah. to go over there to sign yeah. up? Yeah. Okay. And That's where you had to go for your physical. And then you, you were, the train picked us up in Norristown and went from there to Allentown and skipped right across the state, picked people up right along. And you were how old at the time? I was uh, 19. 19? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> so they <clears throat> so you went over to Norristown and, and, yeah, and, they, and they... Took and, us out to uh, New Cumberland. Indian Town no, guy? No, no, New Cumberland. New Cumberland, oh yeah, it was. And spent the night in New Cumberland, and I they put us on a train, and we went to El Paso, Texas, Fort Bliss. And that's where you got your training? Yeah. Yeah. And very, very fast training. We were out there from February until June. They gave us a week's leave, and then went back, and went to California, and got on a ship, and went to Australia. We were in Australia by... August of 43. On a troop ship? No, we went on, well, it was a troop ship converted from the USS Matsonia. Mm -hmm. We went, went across in 13 days unescorted. Unescorted? Unescorted. We, had, we were on a ship that they said that could outrun a submarine. So I, every morning you had to go up and go out on deck with your life preserver on at sunrise and at sunset because they claim that the submarines always come up in the sun so you couldn't see them. So you'd stand out there and hope they didn't blow you up and have to <laughs> jump over the side. <laughs> Took us 13 days to go over and 28 to come back right. on an old Tramp Liberty ship. <clears throat> 28 days on a Liberty ship, that must have been a, oh, that was, <laughs> a month long cruise, ouch. <laughs> when we went over, we slept the swimming pool. They had boarded the swimming pool over and put bunks and you had about that much room between each guy's bunk, he couldn't see. You had to roll in and out because you come up, you hit your head. Oh, it was down in the, in the. It was something. Never forget it. <laughs> so then, after the war, you came back and you got married. Huh? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I got married in nineteen forty-eight. What, what kind of what kind of work were you looking for? Hmm? What kind of work did you do at that time? Well, my first job out of high school was over in Bridgeport, the Continental Diamond Fiber Company making fiber parts for airplanes and things like that. And then uh, my dad went to work for the autocar and there was an opening at autocar. So I, went, I was pretty handy and I was, wanted to get a job as a machinist. So I went to autocar as a machinist and I worked there until I was drafted making drive shafts and balancing them. Mm -hmm. Then when I came back, I went back to autocar until they uh, had a slump and I got laid off. So then I found another job and I never went back to auto car. So they, they moved out to Exton now. They're out west somewhere. They were bought by White Motor Company. Yeah, White Motor, White Motor? I think it's White Motor. Yeah. yeah, now it's Volvo. Do you remember during the the war they made half tracks? In yeah, that's where they made the more We made half tracks. Yeah. What, what was a half track? Tell me a little bit about that. Half track was a truck with had wheels in the front and had tracks in the back to to be able to go on sand. And then after uh, you were back and you were married, you started your family? Well, yeah, 
I didn't start a family for about five or six years, but I tried several things. I've, I've worked for the electric company as apprentice lineman, and I couldn't take that. I chickened out when we were building a line between Norristown and uh, uh, Phoenix, the Crombie Generating Station, which is now near the Limerick Station, built a line up to what we call the Firestone Line to Pottstown. They were on 80-foot poles. And I started up the poles, the small 40-footers, I could take them, 50-footers, but I got up that 80-footer and had a cross arm about that big. And I was supposed to go up over top of it to put the wires up top. And I stood there on them on the spurs and that cross arm kept growing, getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and I just couldn't go over it. I couldn't unhitch that belt and put it over top. Yeah. I couldn't let go. I had to come back down yeah. and I, I just washed out. I said, that's not for me. Because I look up and the clouds going over, you think the pole's falling, you know? No. Oh, <laughs> I see. Give you the idea. Give you the, 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 if you actually yeah. think it, you look up the clouds going, you think that pole's falling, and you grab on and hold on to it. So I came back down and told the boss, that's not for me. So I had to, working on this little truck patch of my granddad's, I always had dreams of being a farmer. So I went to work for Charlie Wilson at Maplecroft, was Maplecroft Dairies then, up here in King of Prussia, which is now the mall mm -hmm. and the court. Mm -hmm. I farmed all those fields, cut hay on them, drove cows in, milked cows, pasteurized milk. Then when Charlie Wilson sold it, he moved the dairy up to Phoenixville, Maplecroft Dairies, outside of Phoenixville on Whitehorse Road, which is now a golf course, Pickering Valley Golf yeah. Course. Mm -hmm. So I did that and I started looking for a farm for myself, but I, I went upstate a couple places and. I asked one guy up there, I said, uh, well, how do you get your milk out of here in the wintertime? He says, well, sometimes the snow's so deep you can't get it out, you know, or you got to take it on a tractor down to the road. I thought, well, that's not for me. So I I got a job with Devro Foundation. That's where I worked primarily for 20 see, years and retired. Uh -huh. now, now, my wife's brothers, uh, when they were in high school, uh, flooring at the top of the hill mm -hmm. and Gulf Road, mm -hmm. the little house is still there. He yeah. had nurseries there. Yeah, and they used to go up there and dig, dig your trees for him. The, yeah. the kids would go up after school. That's where the mushroom houses yeah. used to be there. Dig trees for him. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a. The, then a they had floor. the orchard over in Abrams, and yeah. they used to take kids over there to pick yeah, apples they after school. Apples. During the war, yeah. they tell me. And fast, I was I was away, but they tell me during the war that they used to take high school yeah, kids did, there after school to pick apples. apples. Then we had Faust Nurseries up here on South Golf, opposite uh, Hillview Road, goes up the yeah, hill. Right. And there's the synagogue and all that in mm -hmm. that area right. in there. That yeah. was uh, nursery stock in there and greenhouses. Right. Yeah, that, uh, now, that gray stone house, it still sits there kind of right. like by itself. So, That's where the groundskeeper, the right. man that run the nursery, nursery lived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell you another one, it's comical. You know where Bob White Farms is? Right. With the farmhouse there, and the, they had a fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And somebody called Sweden and somebody called Wayne. Well, you know, in those days, Sweden, Upper Murray here was Sweden. Wayne was the other side. So some, and they got there, and they were, they were wetting each other down more than they were the building. <laughs> That's no lie. They, That's were, true. they were fighting back and forth over the Fire, barn wall. One guy was on one side of the, the barn, barn one the other, down. and they were wetting each other down. I was a stay-at-home mother. I was uh, worked for many years before I had my family, mm -hmm. and uh, I worked I real estate for a while. wasn't too good at that. Yeah, and real estate—you were in real estate sales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wasn't too good at that. I couldn't. Well, you have to be very flexible. You have to be able to pick up and run. When you have children, you can't always do that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. then I decided I was an Avon lady, mm -hmm. and that I could do and still be home when the kids came home. And sure. so I'm still an Avon lady oh, 40 yeah. years okay. later. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that was vacation money. Uh huh. And my husband worked for the post office. Okay. Until he retired. Yeah. And uh, 
And uh, what area does he cover as far as his postal work is concerned? All, of, all over King of Prussia. Prussia. Mm -hmm. When did they, um, talking about the Postal Service, when did, when did King of Prussia get its own post, uh, post office, do you recall? Well, that had a post office for a long, long time. But most, it, you went to the post office and it was up, uh, do you remember when the Morrison building was there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was in there for a while. The Morrison building was from, was, uh, tell us where that was. It's across from where the, uh, well, it used to be Pizza You Know, it used right. to be the Peacock Gardens, and right. it's, what's it now? It's something else. Carrie's? Uh, yeah, it's a something Irish, like that. Irish pub. It's an Irish pub. Right. But across from that was mm. the Morrison building. Was and, uh, There's a gas station there now. Yeah. Right there at the right. Gulf yeah. and DeKalb. Right. And, uh, there was a post office there. Then it was down further. That little cluster of stores that are there. Just before you get there, there was a, a house, Jean Suplees. Mm -hmm. And next to that, there was a little building. And that was the post office for a while. But you had to go there to pick up your mail. They didn't have delivery. So the houses like in Valley Forge Homes, Candlebrook, all those people had... Uh, rural had mailboxes and their bridge their addresses were Bridgeport and it was delivered out of Bridgeport and I don't remember exactly when it became King of Prussia but for a long time the area was Bridgeport and that King of Prussia was only that small area okay that I was talking right. about and like Valley Forge homes half the people wanted the King of Prussia address, but they had to go to the post office every day. Right. If you wanted your mail delivered, you had Bridgeport RD1, but you had to have a mailbox at the curb. That's why some houses have mailboxes at the curb mm -hmm. and some don't, because when they came with the, the car to deliver it, they had right. to have the box at the curb. Sure. And I don't remember when, I have to think about it, probably in the 50s, Maybe 19, maybe around 1953 or 54, King of Prussia became its own right. territory and was separated from Bridgeport. But actually, Norristown is the parent post office right. even to this day for King of Prussia. You used to go to King of Prussia, you had a Ted Max, oh, which yeah. was a a little restaurant. Yeah. yeah, where Chili's is now. And then across the street was the driving range. Yeah. That's where the And the Peacock Gardens was on the point that mm -hmm. and, uh, and the King other side Prussia. was uh, the King of Prussia Inn was there. Yeah. And Mitchell's the side was where the graves for the blind. Yeah. Ever, and that ever, was Gene Suplees. Yeah, Gene Suplees. Ever take a date to the, the uh, Peacock Garden? Yeah. Polly and I went there several yeah, times. We used yeah. to go there. Yeah. Well, when we lived, yeah. when, I, when I worked on the farm there, we lived right on on uh, on the Gulf Road, right mm -hmm. next to the road, a little right. house that I guess Bill Wilson's uh, real estate, maybe it's still, or maybe it's not, is across no, the street a, from where I lived. That building's still I'm there. I'm living on the opposite side of the street yeah. in, in the farmer's house. Right. Yeah. How about the King of Prussia Inn? Did you ever go in there? Was only ever no, in there once. No, no, I, I never did. No. I don't remember. I remember it was dark green, very drab, very, right. just very dark. But it was painted dark green. Now, I've been in it since it's right. been moved, and <laughs> I can't believe it's the same building. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, see, King of Prussia Road used to take off right beside the old King of Prussia Inn and go out and go over to all the way Wayne. over to Wayne, Wayne. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there was Mitchell's farm was there, yeah. right? Backed up to the King right. of Prussia and then Kerr's was out further. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. all going now. Yeah. But the King of Prussia Road now is a shortcut and it swings over and around back of the Best Western and comes out opposite uh, Bill Smith Boulevard. Yeah, well. Sloops around. Things are so yeah. changed. I lived, yeah. in, lived in Abrams for when I first got married mm -hmm. in an apartment over there on, uh, was that Henderson Road, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Norview Farms now. Yeah. Yeah. Norview Farms was right behind me where the big chicken was. Yeah, mm -hmm. there, was a, there was a building over there, it was uh, an apartment. The, the yeah. McKay's Apartments. Right. And above us was the nursery where, where Gary, Gears, Gears. Was, Gary Gears was raised. 
Then you go on out was Bidler's Farm. Then you keep on going up the Logan's and up to Port Kennedy. When the turnpike and the expressway came through, what changes did that bring about to the... Oh, my. Everything. Everything. That, <laughs> that just changed the complex of the township. That part of the township and King of Prussia changed forever there. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's changed the whole neighborhood. I remember talking about changing when I was very little and we lived over here in this house where I was born. I can remember looking at, over this way where this building is. And my father said to me, the city's moving out. And I thought, I mean, my recollection of the city was streets and sidewalks and all those kind of things. I, What's he talking about? But it's here. <laughs> Right. And there used to be a big sign here, right where this building is we're, now. The, yeah. You know, we're in the Gulf Mills, uh, Gulf, old Gulf School, right in the senior centers. Just yeah, so well, people know where we yes, yes. <laughs> There used to be a huge wooden sign yes. on this hill here called, said Edgewood on it. Um, and that was supposed to be a development. Where the Schoolside Manor is now, yeah. that was to be a housing development called Edgewood. And that was by John R. K. John Scott, R. K. Scott, who was a Philadelphia lawyer. And he did develop the Glen Hardy estates out on the other, in right. a different township. Yeah. But he was gonna do this and, and he did put a stone road in, but he never, then the war came and everything just, and the depression, I guess, yeah. came first. Then the school got the ground to and build a high school on. No, no, this was next to the school. Well, yeah. Yeah, but I, that was there at the I same time. At the same yeah, time, I don't yeah. know whether the school was on that piece of property or not. I don't know. I don't know. They might have bought that later because it seems they added on to that like they have now. So, you know, they did have yeah. to acquire some of yeah. that. Do you remember right John R. Case Scott coming down in the foreign hand? No, but Going I remember. to the station. No. You'd hear, the, hear him blow the, blow the horn at Camel's Corners, mm -hmm. Corner Anderson. Mm -hmm. John R. Case Scott had a, a coach and he had, uh, what do you have, four horses pulling it, four in hand. And he had a driver, and that's had to take him down to the train station in Gulf Mills to catch the PNW and go to Philly in the morning. And you'd hear the guy blow the whistle, the horn coming, go out and look and see him come down to horses, and <laughs> he'd come back up with him and take him. Then at night you'd take him down and pick him up and bring him back up again when the weather was nice. <laughs> I remember the the sleigh was it Miss Clothier had the sleigh. Miss Clothier had the sleigh. We used to go to Ardmore, and. Uh, she also had an electric car, and you couldn't hear it, but you could hear the sound of the tires. And mm -hmm. it was very slow. The dog used to chase it. <laughs> remember that? I don't remember yeah. her car. I remember that. Yeah, I remember her electric John car. It was running on batteries or something. Yeah. And the dog could outrun it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Someone else had mentioned about. Uh, Mr. Scott in the in the mm -hmm. foreign hand. I, uh, yeah. I can't remember, remember mm -hmm. who it was, but they had talked about that same yeah, thing. He right. used to go in into Philadelphia for mm -hmm. for uh, work. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you two for coming by today oh. and uh, spending your time it was with nice me. Nice to reminisce. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a lot of fun. That's it for this edition of Remember When. If you'd like to make a suggestion or comment in this program, please use the following contact information. Thanks for watching. Until next time and always, remember when. <laughs>